Hey friends, welcome to the Love Intently Podcast, where each week I bring you relationship experts, inspiring couples, and first-class relationship thought leaders from around the world. I'm on a mission to explore what exactly makes love last and to empower a generation to have strong relationships. I'm your host, Sophie Kwok, the chief love enthusiast who believes that relationships are the most important part of our lives. Welcome back to the Love Intently podcast. Today, I share my conversation with Lynette Sine and Corey Ferruja. Lynette is a free spirit, beauty expert, YouTube personality, the daughter of a magician, wife of a musician, and the producer of Love and Light. Her incredible husband, Corey Ferruja, is a recording artist, musician, composer, writer, and executive producer. They are both crazy talented, and they share how they make it work through all of the pressures of the entertainment industry. They talk through their experience of having a video go viral with over 2 million views and navigating the criticism that came with that. They are incredibly vulnerable, honest, and insanely wise. They never claim to be perfect and are always learning, which is exactly one of those things that I love most about both of them. And not to mention that our conversation was so incredible and so jam-packed with wisdom and truths that I needed to share, we decided to split the episodes into two. I just could not bring myself to cut the conversation down. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, welcome Lynette and Corey to the Love Intently podcast. It's so great to have you guys. Hey, we are so excited. Thank you for having us. Howdy. Okay, before we dive in, I want uh, you guys to tell us a little bit about your childhood and your background because I feel like it plays such an important role in our relationships and I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up. We actually, which I know you're familiar with Sophie because we've chatted about it before. But we did a marriage workshop with Marriage 365, and they had a really interesting exercise for us that was something that I think about almost on the daily. It was called Timeline. Mm. And so from zero to now, which I'm 31, Corey's 33. Not yet. Or almost 33 in a few days. And so they wanted us to map out the highlights that most stick out and the lowest points that most stick out. And that helped us to really understand one another because there's a lot of stuff that you come with in marriage as two, you know, vessels, and then you're bringing that into marriage. So, I mean, do you want to take it away with some of the stuff that you have? Yeah. The Your um, childhood. Yeah. Well, in, in the timeline experience, I, the biggest thing that I took away from just like Lynette, it was very, very valuable. And I recommend it to anyone to go through that. Just the idea of manifesting on one sheet, your timeline of birth to today would allow you to real, what kind of plots, like what dots would you put on that plot line? Like what represents So there? The guiding prompt was, you know, mark the, the negative moments that really were impactful and then the positive. But once I got into it, it didn't feel right. Like, I kind of like make up my own rules in general. <clears throat> yes, you do. And, but what I thought would have been better for me to like, I was like, wait a minute. My, I started marking my whole timeline by people. Like I just put names and that name represented a whole season. So I learned so much, but everything that I was bringing into a marriage, like I was able to realize this is everything that I'm bringing into a marriage one way or another. 
and then I saw my my time, and then able to see Lynn's just as visible. I think any relationship, like I said, could benefit from that timeline exercise. Mm-hmm. Specifically, what's something that came up on that on that point was I I realized what a big what a bigger deal it was. But I grew up uh, with a stutter, and I didn't. I as a result, it was like stutter to paralysis. Like I literally would freeze up. Traumatizing as a kid because you don't know how to. The irony is you don't know how to explain uh, what you're feeling. So people try to explain for you. And you're like, no, that's not what that's not what it is. So this little kid that's constantly misunderstood, trying to express himself. Now I'm a singer and a performer. You know, it's, it's all connected. But I saw so much of that. Um, man, that's not speaking public, not feeling comfortable to speak publicly until you're like eight. It was a weird feeling. You know, those are very formative years. So communication's always been a big theme in my life. Um, it still is. Mm. What about you, Lynette? Yeah, so I grew up uh, a little bit different. So my parents are still together today. So I grew up watching, um, you know, a fairly interesting marriage because Uh, my parents are so in love, but my dad was severely abused as a child. So his ways of showing love are very unique. Um, he's not very good at using his words. Well, he is when it's like about a topic that he likes to talk about, but when it's about to like be vulnerable, yeah, feelings, he's not really, you know, as vocal about those kinds of things. So I know my dad would take a bullet for me, but it was like a very, um, withholding type of mentality or the way that he would just like function yeah, approach. So my mom was like the overly loving, like very affectionate. Um, but they also had such a unique job. They were missionaries, but they also were magicians. So they're highly creative. And so I just remember watching my parents being so creative, my whole like growing up years, very into like acting and performing and all of that. So I'm definitely a byproduct of that environment for sure. And just realizing that you could do anything you want and find financing for it because they did it. So that I take away being very grateful for because I, you know, it displays out in my life today as an adult, um, just because I see the opportunities to just really reach for the stars and do it. Um, but then as far as like my childhood, like they were touring a lot. They were with a Christian, uh, Christian like organization called Campus Crusade for Christ. So they were touring a lot and I didn't realize again until that marriage workshop though, that they would be out like 18 days out and then the rest in. And it wasn't until that workshop that they brought that up and they said, Hey Lynette, that's actually like really important to know that in your primitive years, your parents were missing out on certain moments. And again, like never to knock them. It's just the truth of like understanding childhood and going, Oh wow. Yeah, that's right. Like there were different times where my grandmother was raising us you know, for the better part of those years. And it was only a short amount of time. So that's interesting to look back on. But overall, I would say that my childhood was exciting. There was like a lot of just creativity. Yeah, expression. um, But definitely coded in there was like some definite trauma, verbal abuse type stuff, you know, purging in the ways that he knew how. Um, And so I've now taken away as an adult though, that our parents, I think about it now I'm 31. My mom had already had me by this point. So they were just figuring it out. So now in our own marriage, I see 
wow, they did their absolute freaking best and they nailed it. Okay. So that's, it's so great to get that background on you guys. Um, how has that played an impact on your relationship then? How is knowing um, that your parents missed out on some of these moments in your life? And then also for you, Corey, that communication and not feeling heard or understood for the first eight years, how has that played a role in where you are today in your 30s and in in your first few years of marriage? Yeah, I mean, I touched on, I touched on it a little bit, but I realized... I mean, everything is so connected, especially in your own story. You know, like you, you are this composition and compilation of all these memories, and then that is what you bring to the present moment. So, <clears throat> in marriage, you know, looking at myself and t- you know, taking responsibility for this this part of two parts, um, and then doing her part, doing the best of her ability to do mine. I just realized that, wow, like. You know, though I have grown and matured and um, all those things, that is still present in me. That's still something that, if I'm being honest, that's still this like anxiety. Like nobody understands me, and nobody listens, and every I listen to everyone else because I have no choice because I can't speak like you guys. So I just, you know, I, I I felt stifled. So for me, expressing through creativity and expressing through poetry and my songs and performing it's like that's like my, my superpower so but in marriage it's like it's not, it's not a performance it is but it isn't you know so i so for me growing in, in areas like hey we have unique different communicative communicative needs we have different communication styles and it's all so complex if you really broke it down what goes into two people becoming whole and coming together. I think if everyone, um, I think if, if marriage books work, then, then they would work. If people, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> simple like that. Like, why, why are they not? I mean, so I think it's, it's beyond, yes, we all want love. And yes, love is the source of the force. And yes, we're moving forward. We're growing. But for me, this, this, it, this topic of marriage, which is obviously the most relevant to me because I am married now and my life shift and transformed. Um, that's one thing I've, the biggest lesson that I've learned and started when I was a kid and this percolating theme is communication and learning how do I build a bridge? How do I, how do I communicate with this person that's so different than me and bring such different variables to this thing that we both agree? We say, we're both saying we agree in marriage, but what does that mean? What does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? What are your expectations? I mean, reality is our, the framework of our work. Like we, we frame our reality with words and with communication. So for me, I'm, I'm sure everyone's dynamic, everyone's marriage is unique in and of itself. That, that thing. Um, but yeah, you could probably take it from there. Yeah. <clears throat> I think there's this quote that I love that says, don't grow up, it's a trap. <laughs> and it's so true, true. because... I'm like, man, I am realizing more and more that, yeah, like, I think once you become like in your adult years, everything's so serious. Yeah. And Corey is a big kid. And my dad, I married someone very much like my dad. They always say that you do. And I had to like really sit back and go, wow, my dad was a wide eyed dreamer. I married a wide-eyed dreamer. I myself am very much that way. I'm a little bit more structured in my approach in certain ways, which is a great yin-yang for us. 
Um, but I realized that there's a lot of joy that's stolen from you because you're not approaching things a little bit more childlike. And so what I love about our dynamic is a lot of the time it's so simple to diffuse things with us. It's like, and some people might think that we're absolutely crazy, but even in our wedding video, like we shared like our little like baby talk banter. And it's, if you were in our house, it's hilarious. Like it's embarrassing, but I'm like, there's an element. Some people are going, Oh my gosh, baby talk and more animation. Yeah. There you go. Sure. Animated talk. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that there's like this tenderness with that type of approach. Right. And so if we're talking seriously, then it's a very much of a serious, you know, result. But I'm like, if we're coming at it just more playful and playing and like having fun, then there's so much more joy. Yes. I notice in our dynamic. Yes. And so I'm going through this emotional intelligence workshop and they always say approach like life, like a child, yes. childlike. Joy is my claim that joy because we're so serious all the time in our country, especially oh, right wow. now is just so turned and I'm like, Whoa. And that's why I wonder if a lot of the times, like people are coming at relationships so strategic or methodical. And like, you just need to learn that we're all big kids that have just kind of grown up in bigger bodies. And we really just want to play and we want to have fun and we, we want to joke around and we want to like have that joy. Yes. And that's the goal is to like be joking around forever. Yes. Know? Yes. I, and I say this because we had lost a lot of our joy for a mm. long time. And so they were going, Whoa, you guys, like you guys need to go back to that place. So that's what I've definitely mm. recommended. Yeah. And life's not a big joke necessarily, but it is a hilarious, ironic comment. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> pay attention. Like once you get on the other side of your transformation, your ego dies, and mm-hmm. you figure out all that. You just see the world as it is and you see people as they are and things just start becoming so clearly. And for me, in my mind, in my own little world, you know, ever since I was younger, like, Corey, you're in your own little world, aren't you? I'm like, where are you? Like, <laughs> yeah, I am, but obviously. I just think like when you see things as they are and you listen to people as they are, like, it's hilarious. Everyone's so hilarious and so ironic. Like it doesn't have, you know, you don't have to like, you don't have to take everything on a, on a surface level. And at the same time, like not everything has to be like, so, you know, but I, I think people are learning well. We all, at the end of the day, we're all just big kids. We're all just kids that want to like be accepted and love. Okay, y'all. I have something super exciting to share with you. How many of you guys enjoy a glass of wine or two during date night or girls' night? Well, let me introduce to you Wink, who makes it super easy to discover great wine from the comfort of your home, and that's W-I-N-C. Wink's wine expert selects wines matched to your taste, personalized for you, and ships it straight to your door, and it just starts at $13 a bottle. Did I mention there's no shipping cost? If you don't like a bottle they send you, they will replace the bottle with something that you love, no questions asked. And there's nothing quite like coming home to a bottle of wine that's selected just for you. All you have to do is fill out Wink's palette profile quiz, answer some simple questions that your average store clerk wouldn't ask or even translate into a recommendation. These questions include things like, how do you like coffee? Or how do you feel about blueberries? Then Wink sends wines curated to your taste. And the more wines that you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections become. 
Each month, there are new wines like their insanely popular Summer Water Rosé. There's no membership fees. You can skip any month, cancel any time. Shipping is covered, and you can discover great wine today. All you have to do is go to wink.com, which is W-I-N-C.com, and we're giving you $22 off of your first shipment using the code LOVEINTENTLY, one word. And that's L-O-V-E-I-N-T-E-N-T-L-Y. Again, that's wink.com with a promo code of LOVEINTENTLY for $22 off. And did I mention that's almost two bottles on the house? So really, you got nothing to lose. Try out some great wine. Tell us how it is. Okay, so I, we dove really deep there, but I would love to go back a little bit and talk to me about how and when you met and when you're first attracted to each other to when you started dating and got married and led you to here. So we have a very fun story and I'll make a very long story short, but (gasps) Corey and I... (laughs) Um, I think I met him when I was like 15 years old at his youth group. Um, but I went with a friend of mine who just so happened to also be his girlfriend at the time. <laughs> and Awkward. So, <laughs> yeah. Plot twist. Plot twist. Uh, they dated actually for a very long time, like five or six years. She eventually became my uh, now ex-fiance. Yeah, they got engaged. It was like a whole thing. Um, <clears throat> so they were supposed to get married. And we'll just say that that's not what was in the plan. So there was a <laughs> redirect and pivot that God took them down. And, um, but a definitely, you know, painful situation um, because he definitely wanted to marry her, but it was like a whole thing. I was young. Yeah. Young and naive and didn't know anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then he was dating another friend of mine. Um, and so I kind of watched that relationship too, very closely. And it was, you know, we're both from Tucson, Arizona. So he was just kind of in the same frequency of friends that I was in. So I watched him dating that girl and then they broke up. And then I was kind of actually seeing females at the time, which you knew about Sophie, but I was going through my whole time of self-discovery, which is a huge part of my testimony and just figuring out my true identity. And so when we met up to hang out as friends again, years later, this was about seven years. So I don't know, I guess it was like 23, 24. It was strictly platonic was the plan. And I actually really was looking to him for business because he had his business degree. I didn't go to four-year college. So I was really interested in his level of, you know, business knowledge and all that. So, and then he was like, Hey, I have a dog. You got, you just got a new dog. I just got a new dog. Let's go to the dog park. And he literally says that he was looking at me like, she's my friend. That's like dating girls. It's fine. Like I, there's nothing there. Like we were always just like, buds. who's my friend. I literally, and I say this with all truth. I never, I always thought he was so handsome, but I never even consi- like it never crossed my mind to be like, Oh, Corey, like that. Like it never crossed my mind. Yeah. And so, maybe too. <laughs> I mean, it didn't when you were dating them, but, and then, so then we just started hanging out and it was very quick into us hanging out that we just had this like really cool banter together. And I was like, huh, (laughs) I like how, you know, and it was just, it tended to be more flirty. And I was like, I don't know if this is a thing or if he's like just that way, if he's just like a flirty type of guy. Um, but my mom even knew who he was just from, you know, are growing up. Like we went to prom together in the same group 
and I stayed at his parents' house with like our group of friends, but we didn't go together. So we have prom photos in the same group when we're like 18. We're in the same prom photo together. Yeah. But not each other's dates. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So ironic. All ironic. Exactly. And that definitely ruffles some feathers back home (laughs) for sure. Um, but his ex fiance is now married and has like a child. So it's a whole thing. But, uh, and then eventually like he put it, he didn't want to bruise his ego. So he's like, I feel like I'm catching like vibes too, but well, I mean, I could tell it from there. There you go. Well, so my crystallization was, yeah. So a little, little preface before we get to this part where we met, like it's really exciting is, or dynamic should we say. I I had serious relationships. I was a serious relationship guy, you know, and they did not go well. You know, they didn't go the way that I hoped as sometimes relationships go. So I was just in a season of like entrepreneurial spirit. I wasn't involved in my church anymore. I was very involved in my church. It was just like my entrepreneurial season. So I was just like living my life. You know, I had my business partner and employees and like, traveling and doing these things. And so when I met, I was not, I was like already kind of like, yo, human woman haters club. I'm not really down for a relationship at all, but I'd be down for some female energy, specifically uh, more intelligent female energy. So I see her and I was like, wait, I forgot about Lynn. Like, how did I, and I see her at the uh, out and of course she's as beautiful as ever. And but, but she's in a relationship. I'm like, this is safe for me. This is safe because she's in a relationship. This is someone I've known for a long time. We should hang out like she has a dog and the dog is weird so when we started hanging out i was like this is really and my homies like that I'm living with they're like dude are you dating this lesbian what's going on like what are you literally guys just straight thin slice we go straight to the point so i'm like no it's not like that dude like unfortunately she's taken you know it's not like that they're like dude she's hanging out with you dinner. so i'm like perplexed because i'm like I'm feeling flirty vibes, but someone that's kind of out tro like any outro of a relationship or still in one, I'm not fully certain, but she's not making it really clear to me uh, where things are at. But like, all right, I gotta think, I gotta think fast here. Like, this girl's clever, you know, but I don't wanna be presumptuous because this is how it goes with you people. <laughs> if I go, hey. So like, I'm getting the feeling like you like me. She's like, whoa, 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 buddy. It's not like that. And now I'm like, I know how to So instead, I'm like, hey, I got this friend. My buddy, he's one of my good friends. He's in a, he's in a pickle. You know? He's like, this girl that he's seeing, but he's not sure if she's reciprocating what he's feeling for her, maybe vice versa. What advice would you give me to then pass along to my friends? How smart. Are. So that all of this was like this this conjured test to kind of say, A, how smart is she? She's like, well, you should tell her. But then like she picked up what I was putting down. And that was my way of finding out that we like. And that was kind of how we started dating, you know? She was like, I was like, go, you should tell you your should friend. Tell your friend to go for it, not be a pussy. Yeah, I was like, tell your friend to stop being a pussy. That's <laughs> <laughs> who did it for me. That's what did. Like, I was like, are you sure? You know? You know what I'm saying? She's right? like, yes, I was like, yes. I do. And then, yeah. And then we but just dad's a magician. Like, of course, she cryptic language. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just kind of like started dating from there. And we had a very tumultuous dating relationship. Dynamic. Yeah. Very dynamic. Because like he said, 
he was not interested in a relationship. Whereas for me, I was going, Oh, wow. Coming from, I mean, I'll just make this brief, but like coming from the Christian world and just never really thinking that that was in my future. Cause I was like going down such a different road for a little while. I was like, I don't even think I'm going to get married. Oh, and now especially not because some nice Christian guy is going to think that I'm like so wild. And so I don't think he's going to be able to tame me. And like, I don't know. So I was like, I don't think so. It's not for me. Well, you're not very easily tameable. I'm not. Still I'm not. <laughs> There's no taming a wild stallion. You just let him be. But um, he like had me at hello. So I was like fully in. The second that it like clicked for me that it was Corey... I am not kidding. She I knew. was like hook, line, and sinker. So mm. obsessed with it. It became obsessive. Like I was obsessed with him. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And then he was like playing hard to get. No, I don't play games. Well, yeah, you were just not focused on dating. No, I was not focused on dating. Yeah. And I was clear with that. But he wanted to like play house with me. So it was very confusing. I really, really, really loved you and really liked you. But I was just kind of like, I'm not ready for this. I. A, I did not see that coming. <laughs> guys out there, especially heterosexual guys, you would be like, okay, break this down one, one more time. So you date a girl who just before you start dating had a relationship for several years, like four or five no, years no, no. of dating girls, oh, period. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, and the most recent one, the recent one you were with was a serious relationship. Yeah, but only for like a couple years. Okay, only a couple years. I'm saying people don't date for more than six months or ever. So two years is a relationship. Yeah. So the, the cognitive dissonance of like what is going on here is very, very different. That that even when I explain it to my friends, like what? Like that's how did you process? I'm like that's what I'm saying, and it's still a mystery. Like that the questions I wanted to concrete, like break this down for me, like get me in your mind, like. What? Because I can't relate. I'm like, if I were, no, no offense to anyone, but me personally, just me speaking for myself, if I was in that, I was like, yeah, I was dating a dude for four years. Now I'm fine. Like, now I'm in it. Like, it's not the same for guys, I don't think. And maybe that's a different conversation. I don't know. But it was very, it was a lot. So it wasn't like I didn't want to give my heart away. Of course, I'm struggling to do that anyway, whether it's her or anyone else. But I was kind of like, I did not see this flip. In the beginning, and then it didn't reciprocate for him in the beginning. Yeah. When he gave everything to two people coming out mm-hmm. shorthanded. And then here it is with this person that I'm like, I could definitely and want to marry this person. But words are everything. That, that becomes promises. That become, So I'm like, I had to recognize myself. I'm like, I am not ready to now get in this relationship right now. So it was years of, I'm, I'm not wanting to let go of something so amazing, but it wasn't about like, well, do you see me for who I am or don't you? That's how typically girls. It's like, no, like that's not how it is. That's not it. But I'm really passionate about helping build bridges for other guys to give language and help build bridges with language. So like, yes, that's what I'm trying to express. And I want to get that across to my partner. But I think maybe a lot of girls, that journey to marriage, think of the female single perspective and the single male perspective. Oh my God, like, there's so much that goes into two people coming together mm-hmm. here, we are, right? Yes. It's so dynamic. It's so complex and so dynamic, you know, and simple at the same time when you get down to the essence of it, you know? Mm. Absolutely. Uh, at what point did it change then? At what point were you like, all right, let's do this marriage thing in your relationship? 
What um, changed? Well, our our journey. I gave an ultimatum. <clears throat> yeah, and ultimatums don't, aren't successful necessarily. I, mean, I had given multiple, but there was like a final one that I was like, no, like I'm gonna kind of pivot this way and start dating this guy seriously from a church that we we're going to. And not to say that this was the final thing for him. Well, in his mind, that's what he was thinking. But I was really like, I can't keep doing this with him. So I need to finally give, like, in my mind, the nice guy a chance. because. But you were very, very, very focused, even when you were younger, on relationships. Yeah. Like, you had little gaps in your life where you were just alone. And I had plenty. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm I'm not like, if it's not you, I'm not thinking like her, like, oh, well, then it's someone else. I was never like that. I was not yeah. like, I'm going to go date every freaking person in LA. Not that she did. Date every guy in LA. But tell You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I respected that. Like, I, of course, I'm sitting there like frustrated, you know? Like, okay. But at the same time, I get it. Like, I yeah. know that everything needs to be tested. So the turning point? The turning point for me was when, you know, we both had space, you know, to do that. We come to a new city. I'm living by myself, have my business, have my dog, have everything, my independence. She's finding her independence. And we keep coming back to one another, one reason or another. So that, that ult, what you would put as an ultimatum was me, like, in addition to where I was at in my own growth, was it was timing. Timing is everything. Mm-hmm. And being, and making space, being able to make space. Like, I know intellectually I need to make space for this kind of very, Serious relationship, a relationship I should take seriously. And it's not that I didn't, but I was like, I need to find a way to make space for this, but it may not be an overnight process. So certain things, you know, that provoke that, LA has so much to offer that will provoke you in one way or another. Um, and so when, you know, we were on a break and we were, we were talking about it, I felt compelled to reach out to her, you know, and I did. And we, it wasn't like she was icing me. So she was still ready to communicate and that was good. And, um, it was like a funny situation. It was like one, I guess one specifically that you like talking, you should tell it what? about the thing at church or something like that. I mean, there was this guy that she was dating. that was kind of, he was kind of a turd, you know, he's just like a model and just like, like a little boring, you know, and it was like, why are you doing that? I, no, like, I think I should, I think it's funny. Okay. So in my like, mind, dating a, your turn. I met this guy. <laughs> what are you doing? Poor guy. Hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> no, he won't listen. Yeah. So I. He does, my bad, bro. I was dating that. No, here's my, my tactic was okay. I had dated other guys in LA while we were kind of, you know, off. We were not together. And none of them were really solid Christian guys. So I was like, okay, not that this guy was super solid, but he was at church. So I'll just put it that way. So this guy came up and he LA was like, church. yeah, LA Christians. Um, but you know, handsome, nice, cool. And was really into me. So then I was like, okay, cool. To the point where it got to where we were dating for a little while, but it came to a glass ceiling and he goes, you're still in love with Corey. This is insane. He goes, I'm going to go up to him. So he went and found Corey at church while they were both serving and was like, if are, are you going to pursue Lynette or not? Because there are people in line that would like to, and she's so focused on you. So you need to marry her or let us try. (laughs) As if I, as if I have some sort of like magical blessing wand that can like make her like. And I did like it, but not enough. I was like, not at at all. Enough. So then from a, from a a lofty perch in a a far distance, I knew that that was never. 
<laughs> okay, Corey. So what did you say? But I was kind of like, I thanked him for sharing what he needed to share. You said like Lynette, let Lynette make her own decision. Yeah. I was like, I was, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I said, but along the lines of like, I ended up giving him friendly advice. I ended up, it ended up turning into like brotherly type of like, can I pray for you kind of energy? But I didn't do that, of course. Well, I'll put it this way. I couldn't have paid someone <clears throat> to do that. <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, oh, well, she's loving the whole thing. I was like, this is pretty cool. No, but and then it, to be honest, I mean, if you want us to be real honest, we were engaged six months later. It's true. So it, it, worked. it went from like off, like we weren't official for dating off and on for four and a half Her years. Her dating yo-yos was enough for me to be like, all right. Yeah. Like, and the fact that we're still coming back together, I was like, this was the test that I needed. And I'm not going to let you marry some dummy. <laughs> <laughs> and then it finally was just like, when it was on, we were engaged six months later, yeah, planned a wedding, and then we were like, in it to win it. And yeah. it's been like, you know, obviously a wild ride since then. But still, it was like, I always knew. It couldn't have been. I have had probably like, uh, you know, a few other guys, three specifically, come back to me and say, Lynn, it was so obvious you had no other eyes for Corey. I never had a chance. Even though you were pretending like I did, I could see it all over you. Like you were so fixed on him. So I was like, wow. Because <laughs> we were meant to be. We're okay. To be. One of my favorite parts about my friendship with you guys is that I realized probably two hours into knowing or meeting Lynette in person that I actually already knew a bit about your story through the skin deep. And I remember binge watching all of those videos. Um, But I wanted to ask you guys about that, about that experience, because you guys have gone back and done a video every year. And I know that there were some unkind comments left on each one of those. That's just what happens internet. Um, But just Talk to me about that experience, how it's impacted your marriage. And um, yeah, just from there. Well, when we originally had signed on to do it, the truth was from that first video, the and was very small at the time. And so we didn't think anything was really, I thought I was going to live on their website, just be something that kind of never really saw the light of day. We were happy to do it. We're not, we're kind of provocateurs. So we don't mind talking about uncomfortable things which is why I'm so glad that he's, he, he matches me in that. We're not ever afraid to tell it like this. Provocateurs. Yeah. <laughs> and so we did the interview. Sounds so cool. And it was interesting to even just see the room of like the, the production crew. Like they were all looking at us <clears> like, Oh my gosh, but this is not anything that we hadn't discussed before. It's just, there was cameras not present. So we're discussing another conversation that we had always talked about. We're just letting people in our normal. Yeah. And so they're kind of like looking around the room and I remember thinking, Hmm, that's so interesting. Anyways, long story short, then the day that it got produced and put out, I was getting like, my phone was blowing up. Lynn, you're on the front page of Buzzfeed, MTV news, Marie Claire, Elite Daily, HuffPost. I was like, wait, what? And my phone was just like going crazy with all the views. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, yes, we've <laughs> talked about this kind of stuff, but like our whole family hasn't really talked about this stuff. So now it's like, well, yeah, the the yeah, I was like, <laughs> but I loved what my mom's response was. Cause she said, you know what, Lynette, she goes, you and I are so different. She's like a <laughs> Chinese woman. Okay. So she's very, <laughs> so yeah, she's very, do not air your dirty laundry. I'm the opposite. Like whenever I was dating females, I was like waving a pride flag. Like, <laughs> 
Um, just because I'm like, I don't need to hide anything. So when that was happening, my mom said, you know, we're very different. She goes, but I, what I really admire about you, Lynette is you tell it first. So people don't have to talk behind your back because you just own it instead Mm -hmm. of it being like this, like shameful things. She goes, I think it's way better that you're talking about this stuff. Cause at the time I did have a successful YouTube channel already. So it was really crazy, but yeah, of course, I think that the truth is, and this is how any dynamic goes, right? There has to be in people, there doesn't really have to be, but this is how the world approaches it in their minds. There has to be a protagonist and an antagonist in any Mm -hmm. story. So it's fun for people. It's drama, Tension. tension, dominance, balance. People literally thrive off of that. So they crucified me in the first video. The second video was neutral. The third video, they crucified Corey. So it's like, they just have to choose. Disney? Oh yeah. I, and so like, but I, we don't pay attention to that. Cause we're like, we know how this is. I didn't read one comment. I read, every, don't care. I read every single one. I still read. <laughs> but it's, so I don't ever, I obviously come from that world of also producing a channel for a living. So I know not to allow those type of things to have weight. Um, unless it's some, you know, constructive feedback, I'm always open to feedback. Um, but when it's just hurtful words that maybe, you know, they have no context of who we are and they don't know us. Um, it's not something that I lose sleep over by any means, but what I honestly really loved is were their most viewed video and they won an Emmy for their content. So that was really mm. affirming. Yeah. The story is dynamic for some reason. Yeah. It's we're powerful. sparking conversation, which we're happy to do. And I think also shedding light on conversations that aren't easy to talk about. Thank you so much for listening to part one of my conversation with Lynette and Corey. On our next episode with them, we will be sharing how they stay connected through the chaos and noisiness of the entertainment and beauty industry. How they created what we call their grand collaboration of beauty and the beat. How they blend both of their worlds together. What they wish they knew sooner in their marriage how they spent time apart in their first year of marriage, and how they found their way back to one another, and so much more. If you enjoyed this episode, you definitely don't want to miss the next.